Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. MLS season is only a couple of weeks away, and at this time last season, I mean, guys like Ricardo Pepe were still just prospects. Guys like uh, Kevin Paredes were still just uh, players who were looking to break through on, on the MLS level, and we've seen what they've done since then. So the big question on everyone's minds, or at least on my mind, is who is going to be that guy this year? Who are going to be some players that come out of MLS, and not just MLS, but all, all the way across Europe? Who are some players that are going to become the next Geo Ray? the next Ricardo Pepe, the next big thing in the U.S. men's national team world. And I brought on a man who I think knows a thing or two about U.S. men's national team prospects. He is Gideon Sutherland of uh, First Touch Spaces on Twitter and also Chasing a Cup. Uh, Gideon, thank you so much for coming on. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Uh, how about yourself? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm swimming in soccer content right now. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying talking about the team as we have this kind of lull between uh, World Cup qualifying windows where everything kind of slows down a little bit. Uh, so I, I want to jump right in. I know the big question on everyone's mind is like, who's going to be the next Christian Pulisic, the next uh, Gio Reyna, the next Weston McKinney, the next teenager that really hits the ground running on the world stage. And, and we'll get there. But first, I want to talk about MLS because the season is is just about to start. Now, I mentioned it in the intro prior to the last MLS season. Uh, guys like Ricardo Pepe were not... I mean, he was not expected to have like a, a yeah. big season for FC Dallas. I mean, they had a a, a, a DP in, in the striker position. He was, you know, maybe he would have got some minutes. Same thing with like Kevin Paredes. Uh, and, and there's a few players like that that we could mention. Who are some guys in MLS that, that you're excited to watch this season who you think could uh, could potentially have, have a similar path? Can I say like the entire Philly Union team? Because that's the vibe <laughs> I'm getting right now. Uh, Paxton Aronson's my number one. If you don't got him in MLS fantasy, get him in MLS fantasy. He's really he's a bargain right now. Well, Paxton tell me about Paxton Harrison. We saw a little bit of him in that uh, youth tournament down in Mexico, um, and, and he looked really good. He he looked he looked like a player that's kind of fou- following in the uh, footsteps of his older brother Brendan Aronson, who actually, as we speak, uh, is playing in the Champions right now against Bayern Munich and just got assist. Yeah, yeah. looked really good. A lot of people are high on Paxton Aronson right now. What is it about his game that that uh, that so impresses you? No, for sure. I think he is very similar to Brendan. Um, very same. I, I think he's same build, sort of same play style. But unlike uh, Brendan, he has that eye for goal that we don't necessarily see uh, the older of the two brothers have all the time. I think he's going to be scoring a lot more than Brendan ever did in the MLS while also getting assists. And also uh, his positional versatility is something to speak of. He's played the false nine for the youth team, so he can play winger. He can play the cam. And uh, we just saw him play center mid for um, Philly Union this season too. So what's it going to take for uh, Paxson to kind of break in this season? What, what are we looking for here? Well, for, for the first team, it would take, I'd say, a miracle. But for... Uh, with the with the U.S. I'm talking about Philly, not not so much with for the Philly, national I think he's I think he's, he's I think he's already a starter. If I'm being honest, uh, I think he'll come into the season getting substantial minutes, potentially starting right away. I mean, we saw last season at the end when it came to playoffs, they didn't necessarily touch uh, trust him in crunch time at the very end there. But uh, I think there's a lot of growth that he's done over the off season, and you've seen it in uh, his playoff performances for sure. Okay, you, you mentioned uh, Paxton Aronson. Who's another guy that you're looking out for? Uh, I'll go on the same team right now. 
Uh, I'll go Brandon Craig. Uh, Brandon Craig, he's a center back. He's a 2004 prospect. Um, and he has vaulted up a lot of people's boards as uh, a potential prospect, not only for MLS, but for the youth national team under 20s. Uh, he, uh, he's, so he's a, uh, when you're talking about 04s, you have Tony Leone, which everybody knows, and then you have just, uh, Kobe Henry now, but uh, Brandon Craig over these past few months has been a standout that a lot of people are talking about. So I don't know much about Brandon Craig at all. Tell me about uh, what position he plays, what kind of player he yeah. is, and what you're expecting no, to see from him this season. Football might be over, but MLS is coming back and Champions League and European soccer are in full swing. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage, from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play all your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Totally. So he's a ball playing center back who has also the positional versatility to play the six. Uh, he's on the taller side. I'm fairly certain he's around six, two to six, three, which is what you want to be seeing out of your defenders. Good in one V one situations. I expect him not to get like, I don't expect him to be a starter, especially with players like Jack Elliott already there um, in the, in the system for Philly union. Um, but I do expect him to get around maybe 600 to not 900 minutes for the Philly Union over the over the course of the year. I mean, other players to be excited about in MLS that are in the same age group out of the O4s that play the same position is definitely Tony Leone, um, who's currently with the Mexico camp. But I think he's going to have a, a similar breakout season to Brandon Craig on the LAFC. Uh, you, you mentioned he's a center back, and, and we've seen that center backs tend to not break through as early as yeah. uh, some of the attacking players. Uh, I, I know we just saw Justin Shea make that move from uh, FC Dallas over to uh, Hoffenheim, despite he kind of played right back for FC Dallas this season. Um, even Chris Richards didn't really yeah. play that much for Bayern Munich as, as a youth player and then gets the move to Hoffenheim and has kind of slowly been uh, brought in. I, I know that whenever we looked at that um, that youth team, that, that U-20 team that played in Mexico City in that tournament, uh, center back was kind of a, a, an issue, kind of a question mark. Uh, is, is, do you see some players, you've just mentioned Craig, but do you see some other guys who, is, is this a, a weakness for the, for the national team moving forward? Or do you think there, there's some other guys who can fill that, that role? I think that was a weakness at the time. I think uh, combined with the like limited practice time and play time that they all got together, I think was a weakness at the time. But if we consider the emergence of Kobe Henry, who's already been with the national team and is now looking like he's going to go over to France in the summer uh, after uh, after he turns 18 in April. And then you can sit on Jalen Neal is also looking to break through with LA galaxy. And it looks like he's going to be doing that. And he's grown and he's uh, matured a bit more in these past few months. And then the emergence of Brandon Craig and then potentially us uh, convincing Antonio Leone to come back from the Mexico national team to join us. I think it's our back line as a whole, especially with the reemergence of Mauricio Cuevas is becoming um, more solidified going into the qualifiers this summer. 
Uh, you mentioned the LA Galaxy, and, and one thing I always find curious is, you know, Southern California is just a hotbed for, for youth talent. If you look at the history of the national team, so many of the uh, great players throughout the national team's history have come from Southern California. And LA Galaxy was one of those programs that was putting out a lot of players uh, until recently. Recently, it's been Philadelphia Union. It's been FC Dallas. Uh, th- there's some other clubs out there who are throwing players in. Uh, but LA Galaxy seems like it would be a club that would be producing a lot of uh, a lot of top-end prospects. Uh, but at least on the American side, now I know Julian Araujo elected to go with El Tri. Um, so there, there is that. But what's, what's going on with LA Galaxy? Uh, Galaxy. Why are we not seeing them produce players the way that Philly Union or uh, FC Dallas have? To be honest, uh, I personally don't know uh, the intricacies behind it, but it comes with the assumption like uh, it's just not something that they're pursuing that well, in my opinion. I mean, you see the talent that's coming around, especially when you look at NoCal with San Jose. So with San Jose has one of the top, I think, top five academies in the country right now with standouts like Cruz Medina and others. Um, but other than that, uh, there's, I don't think there's a true answer. I think when you're talking about academies right now, LAFC definitely has an edge over LA galaxy. When you're talking about SoCal um, with Antonio Leone and Christian Torres and some of the other names they're bringing through, but it just seems to be something that they're not focusing on as much. It's an, it's an interesting thing. It's something I always think about. Now, we, we just talked about a few players who uh, you're talking about potentially breaking onto the scene in MLS uh, this year. What about some guys that have already broken on the scene but are, are kind of waiting to take that next step forward? And, and I think the big one is uh, Caden Clark. Caden Clark was a player that uh, everybody had circled for a breakout season. He does get the move, sort of, um, to, um, to RB Leipzig, but then gets the loan back. Uh, so he's going to be back in MLS this season. Uh, he's He's one uh, I mean Aiden Morris is another name that everybody was excited about last season he ends up getting the injury uh, so, so tell me about those two players and what you're expecting to see from them this season personally I think Aiden Morris is going to bounce back I think he'll start the season uh, getting rotated back in as you do with an injury um, from what I've heard he's fully back in training he did have a preseason debut the other day uh, I'll take this from Jason who's also on first touch he likes comparing him to a Walmart version of Billy Gilmore, which I think is a very fair comparison. Just how he plays the game, not and then I think he could be a really good uh, long-term like backup six for the U.S. national team and potentially someone who can push Tyler Adams. Cannon Clark, um, I think this is he's sort of in a weird position. I think he's almost in the mindset this isn't my long-term home sort of thing and I think he even saw that at the end, the end of last year he sort of let off the gas pedal in my opinion um, he's an extremely talented player and he has all the tools to be to be a great player but it, it's less it's to be seen how the season's going to go and if he even stays the entire season he could leave in summer now, sticking with uh, the midfielders, there's, there's one player from FC Dallas who I really liked last season, and that's uh, Moses Nyman. Now, he ended up picking up an injury uh, at the end of that season. Is, is this a player that you think could potentially have national team uh, and big European transfer uh, potential in his future? Moses Nyman, you said? Yeah. Okay, I think Moses Nyman is fantastic. My biggest worry with Moses, he's all over the pitch, he can move, but my biggest worry with Moses Nyman is his size. He's 5'5", 130. So unless he bulks up at least a bit, 
10 to 20 pounds, it's going to be difficult for him to potentially get to the next level. Uh, Nyman is out of the two uh, uh, DC uh, DC players last year that were broke through in Kevin Paredes and him. He was originally the more touted. His technique is great. His ball winning is good. Uh, he can play the eight and the six. Right now, I'd say he's more of an eight. Um, you you could call him the American in Golo Conte. I feel like uh, it's sort of a cop out, but uh, he is very talented. And I, I expect him to get substantial minutes um, this upcoming season and be an impact yeah. player for DC. And he is a teenager, so he does he can grow. I mean, I think yeah. about uh, he's got time. He just he closes the distance so quickly, man. Whenever he sees an opportunity to get in for a tackle, he can get on no, I, an attacker rem- so quickly. Yeah, I remember his uh, red card uh, against FC Cincinnati. It was just like out of nowhere. He was doing it. It was a bad play, but at the time, it was still impressive. I was able to get to the ball. So let's uh, let's shift overseas. I mean, there's a lot of Americans right now that are in academies all over the world. Uh, at the beginning of last season, uh, the name Joe Scally wasn't one that a lot of American soccer fans talked about. And then all of a sudden he gets this opportunity with Machin Gladbach and is uh, is beating down the door for national team minutes. Uh, I, I know that we're halfway through the season right now. Are, are there some guys out there uh, that are in academies right now that you think potentially break in to their first teams or start making some noise? Uh, uh, throughout the end of the season? Yeah, for sure. Um, one name that'll always be gravitating towards right now, and especially if Norwich do get uh, demoted down to the championship, is Jonathan Tomkinson, center back uh, in the Norwich Academy. He's the under-23 captain currently, and he did make a few bench appearances uh, last month, um, and is he's currently looking to to make that move up, in my opinion, and it, he's probably ready. Another name is um, Nico Carrera in Germany. Uh, he's, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, he has made already a few bench appearances with um, with his team in the second division, and probably will be breaking out next year. Uh, some names that might not be making it to the first team soon, but are definitely ones to look out for is uh, Adrian Simon Gill, uh, who just uh, signed his as well, not just is about to sign a Barca Pro deal. Uh, he's a midfielder for La Masia. He plays the eight. Um, and then, uh, yeah, course, tell me a little John bit more about Adrian. I know I, the headlines were everywhere whenever he was uh, looking at making yeah, that so, signing. What do you think about him as a player? I follow. I followed Adrian for the past uh, year, year and a half or so. Um, he's an extremely talented midfielder. He plays. Similar to, not of the same level, of course, but similar to that and the, of Xavi and Iniesta and that sort of mold that Barca like to form their midfielders into. I think uh, currently he's getting his um, contract. From what we're hearing, he might be with Barca B as soon as next year. Uh, he's made his uh, juvenile B um, debut already, but is primarily playing with the, the Cadetta A. And he's just an extremely talented man. His pace his flow, how he can move the ball and transition it from forward to back. Um, he is interesting. I've heard from some some people, they don't necessarily know how he's going to fit into the USMNT system. But as of right now, I'm not worried about that primarily. I'm worried about him getting uh, minutes at the next level, wherever he goes. I think he's a substantial prospect and a very good prospect in an amazing 06 class. 
Now, you've you've mentioned a, a bunch of players now. Uh, we have the the 2022 World Cup is not too far away, all things considered. I mean, it's it's uh, a few months away, relatively speaking. Uh, are there any players you think that could potentially make a move like Ricardo Pepe made uh, this year, where he went from being a prospect to a, a contributing member of the national team? Or are there guys out there you think could could potentially make that jump in these next few months? Yeah, for sure. Out of the names that I've mentioned, I don't necessarily think that any of them could do that unless Paxson Aronson has like an MVP level season in MLS, which I don't think he will. Um, but out of the players that uh, have moved abroad already, I do think that Kevin Paredes or Jonathan Gomez could very well be at the World Cup in 2022. I think that left back spot is a hole and just the, their ability and their flashiness on the ball and what they offer to this young team can't be uh, undervalued. So I think they definitely can break through by October. Now, Jonathan Gomez just made his professional debut uh, for the B team uh, over there in Spain. Uh, I, 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 read, I didn't watch the game. I read some reports saying he, he was great. Everything we know about Jonathan Gomez, he's great going forward. He's all over the pitch. Uh, there's some questions defensively. Uh, what is it about his game that you like so much and think could be uh, that his ceiling is the national team? I think with Jonathan Gomez, as you said, offensively is just spectacular. He has the ability to find the pass, the ability to cross the ball, the ability to score when, when called upon. Um, when you look at other players like George Bellow and Sam Fines, I think they're very much question marks of that backup spot. Um, and when you consider that uh, Joe, um, Joe, Jonathan Gomez's biggest problem is defense, that's also their, what I would argue their biggest problems are. I wouldn't say that it's clear-cut that Jonathan Gomez or Kevin Paredes could make it to the national team. I think that backup left back spot is going to be contested and all of our backups are around the same level right now. Uh, even though I have been impressed with George Bellows two appearances for uh, Blythefield. True. Now you mentioned the left back position as a position of need to win the national team. And that's absolutely true. The other big position of need is striker. Uh, striker is a position that the U S has been looking to fill for some time now. Are there any strikers out there that excite you on any level for the U uh, S national team? Uh, for the youth national team as of right now, I would say that Malik Sonogo excites me. He's a, he j he's training with the first team. He's a 17-year-old from Union Berlin. Um, he's a dual net for three nations, uh, Germany, uh, ourselves, of course, and then I think it's the Ivory Coast. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. Um, but he's, he's just a great, strong striker with the ability to outpace his opponents and score, score uh, in all facets of ways um, some worrying things or potentially just hold up play but that's not something that we've we've grown accustomed to I would say with Daryl DK and others but um, as he grows and potentially breaks through with Union Berlin he's one to keep an eye on for sure do you think there's a he could potentially uh, break through for the first team this season with Union Berlin I do expect him to get a few first team appearances this year for sure. Okay, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna ask you the uh the tough question, the question everybody knows: Who is going to be the next Gio Reyna, the next Christian Pulisic? Who's that next big prospect uh, that you feel like is going to come through and and be the next poster kid for the national team? The next poster kid—that is an extremely difficult. Uh, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I, yeah, it's really hard. 
I would say the next big guys will be coming out of the 2006 class. Uh, you, that midfield is extremely talented with people like players like Jude Wellings, who's currently the best midfielder in MLS, uh, MLS next, and will probably uh, be a star in MLS next pro this upcoming season. Bento Estrella, who's um, with Red Bull New York, and he's just an amazing six. He's really tall too, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, already uh, at the age of 16. Adrian, of course. Um, and then you have players like Matthew Corcoran, um, who's in USL. He took the USL route this year. And the list goes on. If I had to pick any out of all of any of the names out of that group, I'd probably say Adrian as of right now. Uh, but don't be surprised. It could be any of them, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, that's 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 exciting. It's exciting to see that the uh, it's like a conveyor belt of talent right now, and it, it could be anybody. Like you said, there's there's players that we just weren't expecting to kind of break through that have that have really done that um, in, in the past few years uh, for the national team. Uh, now, as as we move towards the World Cup, uh, there are a few players who are on the younger side who are, are trying to break into this roster. Um, I'm thinking of guys like like Tanner Tessman and Jonathan Gomez and, and uh, George Bello. Uh, Gabriel Salina is another one uh, that is a, a young player that we just saw on the um, on the youth roster over in Mexico City uh, and, and has been kind of a third goalkeeper. Uh, he's a player that um, is playing in MLS right now, but has already gotten, um, gotten discussion about potential transfers. Uh, what do you think about his game and, and his potential to make the World Cup squad in 2022? I think uh, that is actually one that I think is a very strong possibility. Bringing Gabriel Slonina as a third keeper, even if it's just to keep him away from Poland, makes a lot of sense in my opinion. The kid's a star at the age of uh, only 17, and he's only going to get better, and he's an integral part of what the U.S. Uh, could become in future future years. Uh, I think um, right now is too early to necessarily call it, but uh, as he grows into the MLS season, we'll see. I mean, when you look at that third keeper spot, I think it's pretty open. You have players like Sean Johnson, Ethan Horvath making their case, and if Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Slonina has a great season, there's no reason I don't think he can earn it just based on merit alone. Um, now, for him to make a move to Europe, uh, I think he should hold off another year or two. There's no reason to rush a goalkeeper. Uh, he's they have the longest career span and a later development curve um, and the pace he's at right now he's destined for greatness in my opinion now you mentioned that he's a tool international and this year was like the year of uh usa mexican dual internationals yeah. uh, we saw the battlegrounds be laid out for uh ricardo pepe and ulin arajo uh were, were the two mainstays but there are some other guys too are, are there any other uh prospects that you're looking at that are uh USA Mexico dual internationals that you think uh, will be the next Julian Araujo or Ricardo Pepe in the sense that both nations are going to be chasing after their services. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's there's a few. Um, the big the big three in my opinion as of right now are going to be Antonio Leone, 2004 center back, um, Sergio Rejo with the Chicago Fire. He's a center mid, Cam CDM. They're still trying to figure it out with them, um, and then. Uh, Cruz Medina, who's a 10 prospect out of San Jose. Those are the three big ones, and I think we're going to be fighting tooth and nail for all three of them. Oh, one, one question that I think is uh, I, I think about a lot is what's the recipe for uh, the most successful U.S. men's national team player? Uh, I know looking at probably our two top guys right now in Gio Reyna and Christian Pulisic, uh, both of them have – 
uh, th- they had um, opportunities to get uh, visas to go over and play in Europe at a young age. Both of them made that move at a really young age. But we're also seeing players uh, who are coming up in MLS academies and making that trip over. Uh, there's been a lot of different recipes for success. What, what in your opinion, is the, uh, the, the best way to get the most out of a, of a young, talented player right now in the American system? I think you're going to hate this there. I think uh, this answer, I think it's a player by player basis. What suits a, one player might not suit another player. A kid making a jump at 15 like Christian Pulisic could be a career ender for another kid. Um, so it just depends. I think as of right now, the MLS system is producing kids at a rate that we've never seen before. Um, but there's also a lot of other viable options like USL. And then, of course, making that jump um, over to Europe at a young age. I mean, we're going to see a combination of all three over the next uh, few years. And I think uh, that's a good thing. The more options we have for kids, uh, the more we're going to be able to produce talent at a higher rate. Now, we're talking a lot about uh, youth prospects. And, and one thing that um, that's really hurt the youth game in the last few years is COVID. I mean, COVID has canceled a ton of the youth tournaments. Uh, I, I can recall the last uh, U-20 World Cup was just so much fun. And so many of the players that were on that roster ended up being a part of the senior team. Uh, and it was such a good roster. And there's so many guys that ended up just playing at such high-level clubs. Uh, in your opinion, the next time the U.S. is able to put out a, a U-20 World Cup roster, do you think this, this roster could be better than what we saw last time, or you think it's about the same, or are we getting worse? Where, where do you think we're at? So in my opinion, with the upcoming under-20 roster, um, I think there is a high possibility for it to be better. Uh, of course, that's a year, year away. So we're not 100% sold, but the majority of these players are already going to be pros for a couple of years at that, that time and point. So uh, taking that into consideration, including like the stars of that team, like Paxton Arrington, like Justin Shea, like, uh, like potentially even uh, Kevin Paredes or Dante Seeley, they're all going to be experienced, uh, tested. Some of them will probably even have pro minutes on the national team already. And I think uh, overall, we could go very far in that upcoming under-20 uh, World Cup. And that's saying a lot, man, because in that last team, I mean, they had Tim Weah, they had Conrad De La Fuente, Alex Mendez, uh, Chris Richards, Mark McKenzie, Sergio Dest. I mean, a lot of players who have gone on to uh, play yeah. very high levels uh, in the club game. So uh, to, to say that the next squad could be better is a, is a very exciting thing. It's certainly going to be more experienced and have more professional experience. Yeah. These players are getting so much of that at such a young age. Gideon, I, I want to thank you to co- for coming on and kind of uh, bringing all these uh, youth players to our attention. I know you're like an encyclopedia whenever it comes to the uh, the youth players. Uh, can, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, let people know where they can find you, where they can find your content. Yeah, no, totally. So you can find me uh, on Twitter at Gideon Sub. And then, of course, we also host a Twitter space called First Touch. Uh, that's also a podcast right now at First Touch Space. And you can find the podcast First Touch on all platforms. If you want to read some articles, you can find me at Chasing a Cup. Uh, but I'd like to thank you, Sam, for having me on. Absolutely, man. And kind of tell everybody about uh, about the spaces on Twitter, because it's something that I've really enjoyed. Uh, just kind of check it in and just listening. Uh, it's it's yeah. I, I've always loved sports radio, you know, coming up and like listening to like callers calling in. And it gives a little bit of that feel where you can hear people and the passion and the emotion really comes through. So tell me tell me a little bit about the uh, spaces and first touch. 
Yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, we run Twitter spaces, I feel like almost every day now. Um, it can range in time on how long they're going to take, but it's pretty much an open forum for uh, soccer fans um, of all backgrounds. It doesn't, doesn't have to be SMNT fans, but soccer fans in general to share their opinions and have discussions with other soccer fans. Um, me, Jay, Jason, and Edgar all want to host uh, a great environment and have a, a fun community uh, where we get to discuss these things and Twitter spaces have allowed us to do that. Gideon, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your uh, your knowledge with all of us. Uh, guys, thank you so much for watching. If you're still watching at this point, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, do all that good stuff. Guys, for Gideon, my name is Sam, and this is the Yank Report brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.